Welcome on podcast, let's go party, I'm a podcast guy, in a podcast world, full of movies, all the movies, we can talk them shows, oh so many shows, life is gaming, oh so entertaining, come on podcast, let's go party, just stop me, please yeah, someone please. Can't uh, stop uh, me, yeah like. please stop, please stop, it's good, keep going, it's good, I <laughs> like I mean, it, I'm, it's good but it's cheesy as hell to be honest, like, oh god, <laughs> Yeah, James is like just. just I mean, I'm, I'm I'm used to this now, so. Uh, I, I don't know. This was the first time where you were like, "Dear God, stop!" Well, it was, it was, I was in two minds. I was either going, "Dear God, stop," or just carry on because it was kind of. And like life is fleeting. Like, just, no, just, no, just, well, no, but I, I thought it was just, just in a way, it's kind of like humiliate, humiliatingly funny. I have no dignity or shame left, so it really doesn't matter to me, to be honest. But no, welcome back, everyone, to NMI When You Need More Info, a podcast around the walls of movies, video games, and TV shows. I'm your host, Nate, joined again today by James, but we have a lovely new host today. We thought we'd change it up a bit, because we're going to be doing a, that old the old Barbenheimer discussion, where James will be taking the charge of Barbenheimer. Because I'm the only one who's seen Oppenheimer. Yeah, you're the only one that's seen Barbenheimer. We are joined by Romani, who's actually uh, here to talk about Barbie with us. So we wanted to get, you know, we didn't want just, you know, the boring white guy's opinion, like, you know, just like... Like, because we all, we all really want to hear that, don't we? Just all the white guys talking, really. All the boring white guys. But, yeah, and we, we're going to get, like, a few different uh, opinions tonight. We're also going to be getting a, a, an interesting opinion from uh, Chaz at uh, Midpoint as well. So we're going to actually cut away to Chaz Midpoint in the show because uh, he's going to be joining us later for a pre-recorded segment. And uh, this, that's going to be a first for us, to be honest. But, uh, Romney, welcome to the podcast. How, 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 how are you doing today? Welcome, Nate and James. I'm doing quite all right. How are you? I mean, yeah, I'm, I'm knackered. I'm ready for the weekend already. It's only Wednesday. Uh, Wednesday? Yeah, it's only Wednesday. I've lost track of days now. And, uh, yeah, but no, yeah. Uh, yeah, but no uh, tell us a bit about yourself. Uh, what, what, what sort of movies, TV shows you're into? You know, what, what, what's, what's, what's your fancy? I like thrillers, rom-coms, comedy, mysteries. They're the movies I kind of really like. Okay. And I, the other TV shows I like, I'm really into Australian TV shows like Neighbours and Home and Away and some I like Strictly Come Dancing and I like this show on Netflix called You. Oh, yeah. We've all, yeah, I've definitely heard of You and uh, I believe it's finishing soon as well. Finishing next year. I've actually just started watching it myself and it's uh, it's actually really good. I've been watched the first two episodes, but it is actually. Really, I, th- I think it's really well written, put it that way. So. The one fact I know about that show is in one season, all the like the rich characters, th- their names are literally after tennis, like things like love and. I watched it about seven, six, seven months ago, so I can't fully remember, but I know it's a good, a uh, good cast, good-looking cast, and the location and the set's really good. Yeah, no, uh, yeah, it's it's a show that's definitely been on my mind to be honest. He's actually been in the running, like that main guy, as a uh, Pen Bagley. Pen Bagley has been in the running to play Mister Fantastic in the Marvel. So like, okay. yeah, he's he's got that sort of like air about him that because Mister Fantastic isn't always in a good guy to be honest. But uh, yeah. we ramble a bit sometimes. But no, uh, okay. So if we were gonna say like with all the films and TV shows out there, what would be your go-to film and TV show? Obviously, we mentioned you, but your go-to film with thriller and everything, and catch you off guard with that question. I like well. Show go to his home away, but not many people have heard of that. Which one, sorry? Home away, Australia. Oh yeah, no, yeah, oh yeah, it's very British, like yeah, it's a very British show, like. um, Well, it's it's an Australian show. Well, touche. Okay, it's Commonwealth show. But I think, but I think a lot of people in Britain probably watch it because it's uh, it's it's on uh, at lunchtimes. Mm. I'm going back to the 90s, so I haven't seen it since the 90s. Yeah, no. Yeah, I mean, I I remember watching after school. To be honest, like every day it was that neighbours. It's like like lunchtime, about five o'clock as well. 
Like a yeah, couple, on Sundays. Couple of hours a day, yeah. Yeah, that was the issue of mine. That was, it was usually the Formula One and Coronation Street or Home and Away on a Sunday, to be honest. That, yeah. was, that was usually the case. But no, uh, yeah, uh, James, how how you been, man? Yeah, I've been good. I'm, I'm, I am again looking forward to the weekend, but I'm also looking forward to my extra long weekend next week. Yeah, you guys are jetting away to the lovely, lovely hot country of Scotland, as it were. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Probably a bit cold, but it's going to be um, heated up some by, by some awesome entertainment. I'm going to the Edinburgh Fringe, um, nice big comedy uh, festival, a uh, lot of different plays, a lot of different uh, theatre, a lot of uh, stand-up. Um, got a nice selection of stuff to go to. Uh, looking forward to it. Because I know a few of you, you know, Fig's going, yes. a good friend of ours, Tim's going, uh, you yeah. know, his partner as well. Is anyone else joining you as well? Or is it just is it just you lot going? Uh, it's just a lot. Uh, I think Remini's also coming along. Yep. So, uh, um, no, yeah, yeah, because you guys are flying up. Uh, a good friend of mine is taking the, the long train up and Fergus is uh, flying over from Germany. So that'll be uh, quite interesting to say the least. Yeah, absolutely. It's going to be, uh, it's going to be fun. Um, yeah. yeah, I mean, I'm just staying here. I'm just staying here and, uh, you know. It's always next year. Oh, yeah, yeah, sure. Well, to be fair, well, next year yeah. could be a could be a case of I'll be watching someone perform, possibly, if 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 it all goes well, possibly. Well, I don't think so. It, it is my ambition. It's my mad ambition that at some point to try to see put something on at the fringe. But I think it's going to be at least a couple of years before I'm going to be able to do that. I presume you're going to be going up then taking a lot of notes this year. Then like. I want to see what it's like. I know it's quite expensive to do as well, but it's definitely going to be an education for me. Yeah, before about filming. For like filming like performances and whatnot, just to get an idea of like how things are set up and like. No, because I want. I'll, I'll hope to. I mean, I'm, I'm. I'm trying to get myself in with a amateur dramatics group at the moment, anyways. So that's my my plan is to finish off my big play, get in with an amateur dramatics group who will be willing to put that on, and then write a smaller second play for the fringe, which I'm going to do next year, and hopefully I've got contacts by that point who can help me out. Gotta say, definitely looking forward to the next revision on that big play. Cause the uh, the second revision I read was actually pretty good, to be honest. And uh, awesome. yeah, it's a, be ready, ready, ready to read again in September. Uh, yeah, no, really. I mean, honestly, people like James is one of the best people to actually like when when you when he gets like criticism or like feedback. He and like some people just go, "I'm better than this. I'm an author." I hate that. Yeah, I mean, I, I did a degree called English and Creative Writing, and one thing you are taught about is well, it is about feedback. Is to take on feedback and how important feedback is. But it goes with everything in, in life, in my mind. Feedback and criticism is a good thing, but always cast your own critical eye on that feedback. I think sometimes it's just the whole... Proud. It's just the artist part, though, isn't it? You know, like an yeah, artist I, I, I like to I, I like to separate myself from my work. So, I mean, I am not... I, I In my mind, I am not my work. The work mm-hmm. is a separate entity. It's just me who's done it. So I want people to look at the work objectively, and then I'm trying to work with them, try and make it as good as I, as, as I can. Mm, so no. I, don't, I don't have that kind of feedback. so are you still playing the the usual games from last week still or are you on I'm, still playing mid, I'm still playing Midnight Suns um, from time to time I think I've just finished the second act not going to give into Baldur's Gate 3 um, I put it on my wish list but it's going to be a long long time till I, <sighs> until I get to that how many people have asked you like this like Ramani this is a game that's just oh, I presume you're the same everyone's just saying a lot that. of people have mentioned it to me and to be fair I, I never played the first two wasn't really that interested in it uh, until I found out uh, a few days ago that it was by Larian Studios, the same people who made uh, Divinity Original Sin 1 and 2, which are um, some of my favourite favorite games Where in you've recent got years. Love, you just got to love especially, people. Especially Original Sin 2, that was fantastic. So it is on my wish list, it is in my mind to play, play it at some point, but I'm probably not going to get to it until next year at this point. Honestly, I've got Tears of the Kingdom, Final Fantasy 16, Remnant 2, 
I've just restarted playing Red Dead 2 because I'm like, I just want to mosey on through the planes and, you know, not think and just put on a good TV show. I'm also yeah. trying to finish One Piece before the end of the month. Well, right. not not the thousand episodes. Basically, yeah. um, basically, I mean, there's a TV show coming out at the end of the month called One Piece. It's an adaptation of an anime. Uh, it's covering the first 60 episodes of the show's got like 1,071 episodes, something like that. And uh, I'm trying to cover the first 60 before it comes out. And oh, darling, that's uh, trying to trying to do work and all this stuff and cover yeah, 60 sure. episodes is much more than I thought. But I'm bold as getting myself though. I I've got about 12 people going to me, you know, doing it. Give giving to temptation. I'm yeah. like, no, I don't want to do it. But speaking of uh, giving into temptation and all that stuff, we do. We you're not here to talk about video games, people. You're here to talk about the the this weird event that's gone on. Yeah, this yeah exactly. James hitting the nail on the head. You want to hit, say that Bob, again? Boppenheimer or Barbenheimer as well. Barbenheimer. What? I don't. I know it's called Barbenheimer, but I was thinking the other day. Boppenheimer sounds funnier. Which yeah, mean, which means it's better in my mind. But I mean, like, I'm gonna. It, to me, it's Barbenheimer. The fact that, like, everyone was worried, like, when these two movies were coming out, like, what the hell's going to happen at cinema? Yeah. They thought there was going to be this war between the films and everything, like, you know, which one's better, which one's going to be, you know, which one is going to get the bigger box office, do we do we care, like, what, and everyone's just gone, no, we're going to go dress up as pink one hour and then go dress up in black and white the next and just go watch Oppenheimer, and it, I mean, I even did that myself. Did um, yeah. I presume? Did you? Did you do it? A spot of pink, Ramani, when you went to go watch the film? Yeah, or? I wore, wore a lot of pink on Fridays. James yes. might have noticed. Yeah. Did you? Did you wear any pink, James? Uh, I don't think I did. No, sorry, I missed that. Not I? just. Um, I wore pink <coughs> shoes with white spots on a pink top. Have to get in with a pink memo. I, I do love the fact that, like, when you walk in anywhere in town, and you see someone with a pink, like a group of people with pink, and you're like, "Yeah, I know where you're going." <laughs> yeah, that's right. Go enjoy your Barbie. Like, I was. When went to a party, we all went to a party. Mm. As as you know, the events of night did not go well for me. I got up the next day hungover. I put on a t-shirt and I decided I went to go see a friend. And I was like, I'll go watch Barbie. Didn't even realize I was wearing a pink top. It just the world came together for me at that <laughs> point. But watching Barbie hungover was a experience to say the least. But yeah. it's weird how these two films have come together and like created like a sort of sense of community with like yeah, cinema really. Has. Yeah, yeah, like, I mean, but and also with Barbie itself, like hysteria. It, yeah, it, it, you hit the nail head. Do you want to do you want to make a point on that? Yeah, time? it's like a bit of a hysteria. Barbie and Oppenheimer, Barbenheimer, two massive major release films, both released at exactly the same day. It's and it's weird how like uh, Mission Impossible came out a couple of weeks before, and that's only just been able to hit the five hundred million mark, I believe. Since Indiana well, Jones, yeah, that surprised, that surprised me. Only that. just that's still a lot of money, but in comparison to Barbie, I can see your point. Well, yeah, but the last Mission Impossible movie though that made some good money. Like, but I think COVID still people are just also yeah. cinemas are expensive now. I think I think that's a real thing. I think it's a cost of living, which is a main issue at the moment, which is frustrating because I love cinema and I want to. Uh, I don't. I don't want. Any, and Mission Impossible. I love the film. It's a good film. So. Yeah, well, I'm actually, um, I'm actually thinking about going to the cinema this weekend and do what I haven't done in a very long time, James. What's Three that? films in one day. Wow. Which okay. ones are these? So I'm thinking about going to see Gran Turismo, uh, Blue Beetle, and Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. That is oh. some dedication. I don't think I've ever seen more than one film in a single day. Luckily, though, those films are probably about an hour and a half, two hours apiece. So, like, yeah. that's literally Oppenheimer twice or, in the cinema. Or once. Oh yeah. I'm, I'm, okay, you I mean you, you, but one and a half Oppenheimers is what you're doing? Exactly. Yeah. No, I'm. 
And also, I'm just like, like with Gran Turismo, it's a video game adaptation. Want to see how that is. Blue Beetle. A lot of people are like giving some interesting like takes on this film to me, to be honest, because like it's it's the it's the new run of the DCU. It's it's its own separate thing. I'm <coughs> apologies. I'm literally like uh, going onto IGN now because the review has just come out for this movie. So I want to see what the actual score is for this. And um, okay, seven. You know, for a DC film like of late, that's actually pretty good for a DC movie. No, it's, of, it's higher than a Fergus Elton. That is for context, Ramani. Uh, basically, for some reason on this podcast, good old Fergus, a uh, friend of the podcast and review on the podcast, sometimes reviews very highly rated movies with a six. He gave the Batman a six. He gave what else did he? He gave Guardians of the Galaxy a six, uh, but he gave stuff like Uncharted, which is all right. A six. What did he give John Wick? I think no, he, he, he didn't. Might, I can't remember. I wouldn't be surprised if it was a Fergus on about. I can't remember. I mean, like we're, we're going to talk I, about I'm now. I, I am. I'm. I am trying to. I'm trying to make Fergus out, out of ten a thing. So whenever I say Fergus out of ten, it's a six. Out of 10. I'm. I'm making a shirt of that. Yeah, I, I like. Nice. I think. I'm think. I'm making a shirt of that. To be honest, like I think that's the best way to go. But you know, I'm going to go see that movie and TMNT, which I've heard is really good. So cool. a good animation style, and I, I want to give. A, give my opinion to you because obviously you're kind of dropping off of superhero movies really you're kind of done a little yeah, bit yeah i am a little bit i think i'm going to watch loki season two but that might be it that's october so, so uh, it, even then uh, the only reason i'm going to watch loki season two is i've watched the first five seconds of the trailer and i found out that the um the guy from everything, everything everywhere was once isn't it and it's like he's great so i'm going to watch it because of that that is awesome um, like honestly um yeah kihu kwan yeah, that's one. Yeah. yeah, no, uh, I'm looking forward to that as well. Uh, like, quite looking forward to it. I'm hoping. I felt that the last episode was a bit disconnected compared to the rest of them. Like, it was, it was like just of what the original Loki. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's fair. Had an interesting ending, but we'll see how it goes. But yeah, right. So I think I'm gonna hand it over to James now, who's gonna give us his Oppenheimer. Just to, just for context, though, before we start. This will not be a spoiler discussion for Oppenheimer today, because... You say this will, this will not be a non-spoiler discussion, this will be a spoiler discussion. No, this will be a non-spoiler discussion. Oh, this will be a non-spoiler. Non-spoiler, because oh, okay. well, one thing, like... Can you call it like a non-spoiler spoiler discussion? Because it's just history. You could just Wikipedia what happened and whatnot, but also, like... Yeah, but if you're saying non-spoiler, then I'm going to be very cautious about what kind of things I'm going to say. I mean, how, how can I phrase this? Do the best you can. If it slip up, doesn't matter. We're, we're okay. going to put the context in there, people. I will try and keep it non-spoiler. Yeah, he'll try to keep it. And then what we're going to do is we're going to hop over to Barbie. We'll give our Barbie review. Then we're going to have a cut cut segment with me and Chaz talking where he gives his Barbie review. And then he'll give us he'll start off the spoiler discussion. And then we'll come back to the spoiler discussion here. Because it's better than splitting up there. First time we're trialing this, people. You know, trying to keep people in, like, in the loop in other directions and get them involved as well. But, yeah, I'm going to... Hand it over to James now for the Oppenheimer discussion. Take it away, James. Cool. So Oppenheimer. So I actually went to see this with Fergus, and I do have his uh, review score out of it, which I will reveal at the end. Um, I actually saw that. I'll reveal it now. He's a Fergus. Fergus gave Oppenheimer a Fergus. Now, I want to say that I personally, I love the film. I just want to pre- precursor that. I think it's another fantastic Nolan outing, quite different from quite different from his other things being a more historical film. But also, it's got a lot of similar Nolan traits. Um, so obviously, the whole thing's quite historical on how it goes back and forth in time, which is a very, very key um, Nolan trait. 
it's also kind of like two stories which are kind of like operating at the same time. You've got like a courtroom drama which often then cuts back to um, the historical growth of Oppenheimer, how he uh, went from a student and then into like World War Two, where he developed the atomic bomb, the very first atomic, atomic bomb. Um, it does kind of split into two films in a way. So the courtroom is, is a little bit initially, a uh, little bit of flashbacks, and, but then right at the end of the film, you get what is like a courtroom drama. So the middle point feels like it's one film, an, an historical drama, and then the last third of the film, uh, it's, it feels like it's a different film, and it's a courtroom drama. And I know some people didn't like that kind of split, but I thought the way, I really liked the way it was done, because, again, it was keeping the courtroom aspects um Gently over time, just you no know, back and forth. So you you get it in your in your back of your mind, <coughs> in the back of your mind of courtroom stuff was going on, but you, you don't quite understand the context of that until the end, which made it to be a little bit of a, of a mystery if you didn't know the history, which I didn't know. So obviously, like a uh, few things I know about this movie. Um, obviously, we have Robert Downey Jr. Yes, in the courtroom segments. Obviously, he's the how can I he's the antagonist of the movie to a degree to to some to some respect and here is me trying to make it non-spoiler i mean he to be fair this is in the trailer to be honest like you know i i, I, I kicked myself away from the trailers and i didn't know the history so uh to me watching the film i didn't know that he was in the antagonist until the uh third part until the well until the courtroom uh movie kind of like at the end of the film started so to me if you'd mentioned that to me beforehand i would have thought it was a spoiler okay i mean like it's interesting because obviously with Barbie, you know, and the Oscar running coming up, everyone's basically joking it's going to come down to Robert Downey Jr. and Ryan Gosling for Best Supporting Actor. Yeah, I think uh, I, I could see both from, um, I mean, I think, obviously, I think this film from Nolan is very much going to be an Oscar contender. I think it's it's the kind of thing the Oscars uh, tend to reward. It would be interesting because obviously this is Killian Murphy's first lead role in a, in a Nolan movie yeah which is cool after being in so many of him in supporting his, his movies in supporting roles yes and he'd be he's most likely probably going to be up for best actor nomination so it's interesting yeah. his first leading role and he is there. really good yeah I mean obviously you've seen a lot of Nolan's films yes how would you rank this in the Nolan movies okay so that's interesting so maybe maybe mid-tier perhaps for me because i mean i love no I, I love nolan's films so one of the issues and what i, I think other people have with this film and i can fully understand i know a lot of his films have this issue but it can it can be a little bit confusing at times um at point especially i found especially early on there's maybe too many early cutaways some scenes don't last very long early in the early like first like half an hour of a film um it got a little bit confusing at times i found that aspects of it it's definitely a film i want to re-watch at some point when i it's three hours long um at some point when i feel like watching a three hour long film again um i will need to watch this again to understand it fully but again it's it's, it's, it's a difficult topic matter and i think he handled it well i found, I found the whole thing to be engaging and that's the key thing for me but if I'm going to look at my, my favourite Nolan films are still going to be The Dark Knight and Inception and I don't think Nolan's going to be able to beat those two films for me in mind I'd probably also I'd maybe rate this slightly above Batman Begins um I'll probably put okay. I'll put I'll, I'll put this on par with the Prestige film I've never seen, unfortunately, because I, I I recommend I, it. I learned the twist before I found oh, out the twist no, before, which, which and is and like that's why you don't say spoilers. 
But that's the problem. I think I was just in a conversation with someone once, and unfortunately, I did this to someone where I accidentally revealed the spoiler of yeah, something after being told it, and then it's it's a running joke with um, yeah, someone yeah. I know. But um, regarding this, obviously, with the film itself, so obviously we have the big, how can I phrase it, the big part of the film with the bomb itself. Yeah, absolutely. Um, I think that was actually done practically, wasn't it? Yes, it was Which done. Which is amazing. I mean, I mean, that is something I'm all, I do always admire about Nolan's work is that he doesn't like to use too much CGI, too much green screen. And so, yeah, green, green screen is where you literally stand in front of a green screen and then they, in, after it's all been recorded, they use that green screen and replace it with computer graphics. So... Background replacement, yeah, stuff like that. Yeah, background replacement. Yeah. So, yeah, I love I love why Nolan's films are much more much more natural and don't have anywhere near as much CGI. Uh, he does some crazy stuff and like like Tenet, he literally destroyed a whole jumbo jet for real. I swear to God, this man needs just needs to do a James Bond film. Yeah, and I agree with that. He wants to as well. Yeah, so, just give him just yeah. give him the next Bond movie. Like yeah. you know, I, I think that's probably the best case. And also, if he does a Bond movie, I'll probably be able to understand it because he won't be able to make that complicated. Well, you say that Blue might be able to make a. Yeah, I know he's sure done he with superhero films, though. He has stated love, that. Yeah, fair. No, that makes sense. I thought. I mean, I thought what he did with. Um, the Batman trilogy was fantastic. Um, doesn't need to touch that genre again. I don't think you can reproduce that, to be honest, though. No, no, I, no, I agree. I think like, he, he, he's all knocking out of the park with um, films like this. So, I mean, again, I think your like with this film depends on whether you like the whole... If you like courtroom dramas and you like historical dramas and you don't mind... You can overlook the fact that it can be a little bit confusing at times, but I think it's uh, something you'll, you'll you'll really enjoy. So we've got so many actors in this film. Um, there's a lot of depth. There's a lot of depth <coughs> to Oppenheimer's character as well, which is something something else I found uh, really interesting because he's not. There's some quite dodgy aspects to him, especially kind of, especially kind of like early on, which is all based on truth. I mean, yeah, obviously there's this whole. Um you know, element of like political, the political aspect. You know, that is one aspect of it. But um, there's a lot. But what wasn't the aspect I was referring to? But that aspect of it is is interesting. Uh, this whole question mark over over him. But it, there's a lot of McCarthy's and politics in in the background. That's kind of like the backdrop behind the um, the courtroom scenes, the McCarthyist politics, where America um, wanted to root out anybody who might be even remotely a communist. So obviously, um, but you know, with this being such a grand cast, um, are there any stand-up performers apart from Killian Murphy for you and Robert Downey Jr.? I mean, I quite like. I, I mean, I, I quite like Matt Damon as well. I mean, he always, he's always he's always good, but I suppose, but in terms of standout standouts, I, I, I my standout probably maybe Robert Downey Jr. Actually, I, I tell you what, who I, who I also liked. Um, I'm trying to remember the character's name. Was it Rob? I think the surname was Rob. Uh, Roger Rob, might be yeah. That the guy who played him in a court in in the uh, in in the kind of like, it's, it's, so it's not so much courtroom, but it's it's more like a a, a private um, investigative panel, political investigative panel. Uh, I thought he was really good. So, so I believe um, you maybe mentioned the actor Jason Clark, possibly. Um, so yeah, that's um, who I'm thinking about. Yeah. So yeah, I thought, I thought he I thought he was good. No, no. Um, how was uh Emily Blunt and uh Florence Pugh in the film? Because I know they I'll, have like. I mean, I will be honest. I didn't recognise them in the roles that they're playing. Um, maybe it's a makeup. Maybe it's. Uh, I don't know. I think I agree but... with you. What you're saying, in especially in relation to Florence Pugh, she's been transformed with the other pie in film she's on. Yeah, absolutely. 
I mean, you do you do get these communion actors who can just. Um, oh, I'll tell, I, I'll tell you the very very brief cameo performance. I hope this is not. This shouldn't be a spoiler. Well, maybe it's like yeah, it's not. It's a historical film cameo performance, which is going to give. I'm going to give top marks to because, I mean, it's fucking Gary Oldman. Um, he's always. He's, he's always gives 10 out of 10 performances. He, he plays Truman right at the end, I believe. You can confirm that now, Nate. Oh, it's Harry Truman. Okay, yeah. I didn't... Uh, but, and he's, and, been... and he's great in that role. It's only, it's only a little cameo, like like a one, two-minute scene. But again, he's, 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 he's so great. Now, in fact, he's a chameleonic actor. I mean, the, the fact that the man has played both political sides of World War II now, uh, Truman and, and um, Churchill. Winston Churchill, yeah, yeah. it's... Uh, Gary Oldman is just just give that man any film and he'll he'll eat it up to he's, be honest. He's one of my favorite actors of all time. So, <clears throat> so obviously I heard the score for this film is brilliant. Yeah, you know I've I've heard I've heard absolutely great I things. Can't like, I can't remember. I can't remember it. Interesting. I, I'm sure it was good, but it didn't. It, it didn't. Uh, it's not like to me like for Dark Knight or when Hans Zimmer was doing a lot of stuff for uh, Nolan. In the fact that I don't instantly remember it afterwards, but I'm sure. I was enjoying it when I was watching it. It just wasn't memorable. Because I can confirm it wasn't Zimmer who did this film. I know. Zimmer stopped working with Nolan recently. Yeah, so Ludwig Göransson, who's uh, famous for like uh, the Rocket of the Year, the Reason Why War, Creed franchise, um, The Mandalorian specifically, like all that stuff and everything. Um, <clears throat> so, obviously, you know, with the amount of like... Josh Hartnett, you may recognise that name. Uh, Definitely. He's, yeah, yeah. He was a big person in the early, the late nineties. Like Halloween. Exactly. The faculty. Um, oh, they were the days. Yeah, he was. He was um, obviously he was in that show Penny Dreadful, which was probably his last like big role really in 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 like TV and film. Like he took a bit of time. If you actually, he was in the most recent Black Mirror as well. I've heard I still about haven't this. seen it last for recent season yet. Uh, so obviously, this actor here, he plays a guy called Ernest Lawrence. I've heard, I've heard, and he's like a vital part in like regards to the um, the professor. Okay. He's one of the professors early in the film. He's working with Oppenheimer. Okay, yeah, yeah. But, 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 but there's a lot of those characters. Uh, to be fair, uh, I do kind of because there's quite a few of them. I do kind of forget who's who. No, I mean, like I think I think that's a given to be honest. But so. <clears throat> Obviously, you know, people are literally there for the bomb and I've seen I've seen videos actually where people are watching Barbie in the next theatre and they're trying to like listen to the film and then all of a sudden the it feels, it feels like the wall is almost shaking really? from like nice. the audio from like the opener. Because I heard when it comes yeah. to the bomb scene, when it actually happens, it's a big thing. Yeah, yeah, it is. I mean, it's made to be a bigger fan. I did like how Nolan filmed that. So it's all done very, very, very quiet initially. And just completely, completely silence and kind of just silence and awe, and then suddenly he changes it up and just uh, you get a big kind of explosive sound. So I think we're um I think we're gonna leave it there for like the actual review. Like, do you have any closing thoughts really before we uh, finish up? I'm guessing you want my score. Uh, well, yeah, let's get you started. Do you have any closing thoughts before we get the okay, score? Cl- closing thoughts. Um, and it's an, amb- an ambitious historical drama with a courtroom drama uh, attached to it. Uh, I thought the filmography was really good. Um, they go like also go like black and white sometimes and color, which is kind of like uh, interesting. Um, it's got some uh, Nolan issues, like typical Nolan issues with it being a little bit confusing at times. But I still found it fully engaging, so I will give it a eight point five out of ten. I'm surprising, mind you. You did say this was more mid. Very high. Yeah. 
I can make it an eight point two five, and I'll do that. Oh wow! Okay, I'm not. I'm not going to give you quarters here, James. Unfortunately, we're not going to leave quarters but I'm, here. I'm saying eight point five. Mm. Eight point five. That's interesting. I really enjoyed it. I am looking forward to seeing the film, but I think I think it was just the three hour mark for me. Like, it it, 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 it is long. It is an epic, but. As I say, if, if you like historical dramas and you like courtroom dramas, then I think it's... If you don't like those two genres, I think you'll, you might struggle with it. Shall I just be a masochist and add that to my list for the week? Just go see four films, including Open... Oh, no, I, couldn't, I don't think I could do that, no, that, would, that would be... Uh, that would be too much. That would be too much. I mean, I'd only pay for one ticket with the whole, like, unlimited card thing in Britain, but... Yeah, no, um, I'm, yeah, I'm surprised you didn't give a nine, but yeah, you did say it was more mid tier. To be honest, and again, I'm, I'm hearing top praise mid, from mid, everyone. Mid tier, mid mid tier for Nolan. Nolan, but I still absolutely love it, and I, and I love all of Nolan films. There's no Nolan film I give below eight out of ten. Eight out of ten is for Dark Knight Rises. I think that's the worst film he's done. It's got a lot of flaws, but it's still a really good, entertaining film that I've watched several times. I heard ten is a lot lower. I believe Dark Knight Rises is better than Inception. Ooh, I, wow, I don't think gosh. Inception stands up to all the hype it had. Wow. I th- it's okay, it is good, but to all the hype it had, I remember at the time. This so is like a controversial... Is, no, 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 no. Like, Soon after I graduated, no, no, July I think... 2010, Inception, Inception, Inception. I don't, I don't find things controversial, I hate that. I, hate that. I find it interesting, and, and it's just made me think that we should maybe do a podcast episode where we talk about... Um, our, maybe like our favourite Nolan films what we like what we don't like and we get a get a discussion he's a very talented director he's British obviously I mean I've only seen the Dark Knight trilogy yeah Inception you need to see I, I think I've seen Memento yeah Memento was the first one I've watched of his um, not his first film though supposedly first film was Following which mm. I'm not only, only film that I'm not seen yeah, office, no, but... Which is, like, like, like a student, not a student film. He thought it looked like a serial You're dollars. the first person I've ever heard to say Inception was... Eh. It is good. Inception's really is quite good, yeah. but it doesn't live up to the hype. And I think that's a key problem. I think when when people have hyped up something too much... I mean, it's like me with um, Game of Thrones, although I've not seen it, so I don't know, but it, I think when people's, like, ramming that down your throat, essentially, you know, it's so good, it's kind of, like, it can be a bit... Yeah. I think for me with Nolan, I think we've discussed the previous podcast. He just became too complicated in his films for me. Like I, I, I understand that, but it's also kind of what I love about him. Oh no, no, no! I like. Well, I even heard with Tenet, even in the film, there's a, there's lines in the film where they don't even know what's going on in that film. Yeah. So it's like you're writing the film, but you don't know what's going on in the film. There so. are definitely flaws in 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 some of his writing, but. I just love the ambition behind it, and that's what. Oh no, no! He he is a technical genius when it comes to actual cinema, and the fact that. But you the know, ambitious he... concept in his writing as well. I mean, being tenant with a whole backwards time going forwards and backwards at the same time. It's it's ingenious concepts. I'm definitely looking forward to our build a film episode actually because yeah. I, I Nolan's definitely coming up in that regard. But I'll, I'll I'll be able to screw you over if I choose Nolan for my director and like James go fuck. But yeah, mm-hmm. no. Um, but no, I think uh, like you know, Dark Knight is probably my favorite. But I actually rate Batman Begins quite high, in my opinion. In oh, in yeah, that's films. good. Is that the one with Katie Holmes? Uh, yes, it yeah, is. That's yeah, that's quite good. Yeah. That's really good, I remember. Came out in 2005, and we were mm. watching it in cinema. Oh, God, yeah. Oh, yeah. my God, I'm so, so old. I know. It's so I watched bad. it in Aberystwyth, if I remember, in the cinema in Aberystwyth. Oh, wow, okay, yeah. I, uh, no, I've been to Aberystwyth. One big hill. Mm. I did not like that hill. No, like, I didn't like that hill either. So. Yeah, well, Swansea had more. But uh, yeah, we had a hill in Swansea. It was called Constitution Hill. Uh, it had handrails just to get up. It was hell. 
Yeah, and it was a cobbled road, yeah. Not, oh, I won't go into that. We'll dive into that much later. But no, uh, so, yeah, I think, you know, The Dark Knight for me and then Batman Begins. But I, I know an episode will be interesting because I, I think we'll definitely have a few people who actually be, like, interested in the discussion. But I think we're going to leave it there for, for the old Oppenheimer. And now it's time for us to go sparkle sparkle life is flat plastic it's pink everywhere in this goddamn film it's time to talk about the the billion dollar the billion dollar movie now we could confirm this by the first female director to reach a billion dollars in a film which is Greta Gerwig yep. yep we're going to talk about Barbie people Margot Robbie and Ryan Gosling in Barbie yep. uh so I'm gonna I'm gonna let, uh, I'm gonna let Ramani take this one as uh, her initial thoughts and now uh, yeah take away Ramani. Yeah, I thought Barbie was really really good. I'm so so mega proud of Margot Robbie because I've been a fan of her since 2008 when she burst on the screen in Neighbours and she was like an innocent schoolgirl and I she was on Neighbours for a few years and she played different roles within her character and a couple of years later I seen her catapult to fame in the wolf of wall street and the thing i love about margot robbie in which is a testament to her fame is that she's so humble she's so grateful and so humble to her roots even though she's like a multi-millionaire global superstar she's so humble and she's so talented and she really deserves its success she produced this film as well not many people know this she produced the film with her husband yeah, no, I didn't know that either. Yeah, she I? definitely produced it. This The role of Barbie was meant to go for someone else, and then they Marco's first choice, I, kind of, I think it was Gal Good. A, 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 oh, so, uh, so the first the first choice of Barbie was Amy, Amy, Scum- Schum- Amy, Amy Schumer. Amy Schumer. Yeah. And then after... She left. Then it was Margot Robbie. Yeah, but bef- when Mommy Robbie produced it, it was in the works for quite a while. She did consider somebody else. Gal Good or something. Oh, Gal Gadot. Yeah. Gal Gadot, yeah. yeah. Got old Wonder Woman. Yeah, Wonder Woman, but then her and Greta decided Margot would play the role, but she's so humble and really talented and really true to her roots. So I did read I did read something about the fact that like she pitched the movie to um Warner Brothers and were like, This movie will make you a billion dollars to Mattel and Warner yeah. Brothers and it was like Okay, so basically from now on, we're just letting Margot Robbie do what she wants because she can literally predict the box office at the cinema. I mean, to be fair, though, she, yeah, you are definitely right. She is a chameleon when it comes to film, you know. Uh, again, it's got it there, produced by Tom Ackerley, Robbie. Yeah. Margot Robbie. Yeah. That's uh, her husband. Mm, no, Um. so obviously... I'm not you know, sure if you know, but Margot Robbie's actually Australian. Oh, well, yeah, she, yeah. Yeah, she's from Neighbours. She's Australian. Oh, yeah, no, and she's a massive nerd as well. I she she is. About. She was massive into wrestling because uh, when she worked with John Cena on the Suicide Squad, uh, obviously they were getting to work on the Barbie film and everything. And supposedly she just went to him. So, um, do you want to come be on Barbie? And John Cena was instantly like, "Yes, of course I will." She was quite surprised by it, wasn't she? Oh yeah, and but to be fair though, John Cena is like you know, so like. He's he's one of those actors who like, again like there's a thing where basically on this podcast I talk about the rate my ratings of wrestling actors. Dave Bautista is at the top because he wants to be an actor. That was why we moved up. And then it goes John Cena, and then quite further down it's Dwayne Johnson because he's just a star now. But yeah, no. Um, so obviously you know when it came to this film, obviously he's been in production for quite a while, and you know Amy Schumer's really cast. Oh, Anne Hathaway was later going to be back. That's true. Oh yeah, yeah and Bobby as well. And uh, I've heard like one of the stipulations for this film is like, um, you know, making sure there was like a multitude of different Barbies. It wasn't yeah, just and Barbie, different ethnicities as well. Which I think, which I think is a great thing. Yeah, and, it's amazing. I'm it's, not gonna it's lie. Being real and I don't know how Mattel read the script and were like, yeah, we're just gonna let them do this because they, 
they we're, we're getting into the Vienna people. They mm. rip into Mattel in this film, and they, you know, they're doing places. So uh, yeah, no, I thought of that especially. Yeah, it was interesting. I mean, I love the fact that we get like different variations of Barbies. We get different variations of Ken, but also we mm. get the we get the side characters that are, like created like um, Alan, which I'm definitely going to talk oh, yeah. about Michael Cera yeah. a little bit because I think he is brilliant in the film. Obviously, you know, this film came out. It's currently it had a budget of. Um, 128 to 145 million dollars and it's currently made one almost 1.2 billion dollars yeah and mattel have already got other films in production like brats and barney which barney turn out is going to be a it's more of a serious film with um uh, daniel kalua about the guy who played barney i don't know how it's going to go be a bit interesting but yeah obviously you know with this film there's been a lot of controversy around its its, its narrative essentially and how like a lot of people say, "Oh, it's just work. It's just pushing an agenda." Like, I was, I want, you know, I brought this specifically up to show you guys. But a Metacritic, the general, you know, review score is eighty. The user score is five point one. When I scroll down a bit further, you'll be able to see why. Obviously, literally, the positives and the negatives are almost balanced, and most of the negatives are like, "Oh, why is this woke shit and everything?" And it's like, you're not watching the film. Yeah, like. Yeah, yeah. We're we're gonna get into it like more, but um, do you have, do you have any more uh, like closing thoughts? Like, well, uh, thoughts on the film, Romani? Um, I like that the, as you mentioned the the different basically back in the day, everyone thought Barbie was just like this kind of bimbo who's just um you know on the beach, makeup, high heels. But this movie actually opens our eyes and it shows that that's not just what Barbie does. There's loads of different types of Barbies, different <laughs> professions, and Different, as mentioned earlier, different ethnic ethnicities, different races, different roles. I think that's really eye-opening. Yeah, I thought it was really. I thought representation was really good and uh, in- interesting idea, especially because you've got stereotypical. I think it's even called out, kind of like how stereotypical Barbie, um, which is Margot Robbie's character, when it was called out, was kind of like um, this this impo- impossible kind of like attainment kind of like symbol. So, but it, so it was re- it was really good. Um, to have the variety of um it's interesting how like you know people go oh yeah it's just women pushing the woke agenda and stuff like that but the thing is though this was written by her husband great Gerwig's husband as well so it's like but yeah i mean i mean okay i mean i I do agree with themes of of movie i just want to put it up there before i say what i'm going to say but even if you don't agree with themes of movie you don't have to like it you can you can have a you can have a disagreement you can have a discussion on it and and but it's the internet, James. Everyone's writing and it the frustra- internet. It, it frustrates like, me. It's like, why? Why does okay? So something. God forbid you might change your uh, viewpoints, or you might have your existing viewpoints challenged by something that you don't agree with. No, I I completely agree there. Um, I do I, I, I do agree. With, I don't want to put it that. I oh do, yeah, I no, do agree. I think. Um, I think. I think. I think the film itself is, is stunningly sharp. I, I love the fact that there was actually a shortage of pink. Yeah. Oh yeah, great, I yeah. forgot to mention that pink paint shorts. They 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 actually used they used too much more pink than there was available on the set, and it even led to a shortage of pink phenomenon all over the world. So that's why embrace I pink. Because sometimes back in the day, pink was it still is a girly girly color, and some people would like when mm. they're getting older, girls would be embarrassed to wear pink. But now everyone's embracing it. When I say embarrassed to be pink, I don't mean embarrassed. I mean they think pink is like the cutoff age should be like when you're like under ten. But after like 
this Barbie, it's like really highlighted how beautiful pink is as a colour. Also, people don't realise like pink was originally a male colour as well. Like it was blue as blue as female yeah. and pink yeah, was male. Yeah, stereotypical. Like, yeah, but it, fl- it flipped as time went on, and um, obviously, you know, when it comes to Barbie world, how everything literally looks like a dollhouse, like you know, and how that's pretty cool. Yeah. Her her days go out, and even the water isn't real. Like it's oh yeah, that was an hilarious scene of start. Yeah, yeah. Oh yeah. Another thing I loved about the film is that Margot Robbie had one wish she wanted in the film. I think you might know it. She wanted instead of a staircase from her bedroom to the swimming pool, she mm. wanted that slide. That was the one thing she wanted. Oh, okay. I remember re- watching it on a an interview. I mean, she does. The Barbie one, one one no doubt one of the Barbie houses does have a slide. To be honest, so. Yeah, I mean, yeah, I think, my, you know, a lot of people go into the, are going to, going into this film expect to, like, you know, maybe Barbie's dream house type thing. Because obviously we've had animated Barbie's movies in the past and, you know, they've, they've pushed, I like... I didn't know that. Yeah, yeah, there's oh, it's tons of... Well, yeah, it's tons of Barbie movies out there in the world, mm-hmm. like, but... You know, this movie's a lot deeper than people realise. Yeah, um, definitely. There's a story yeah. to it. It's a bit emotional and punchy. Even I teared up near the end, to be honest. Like, I'm not going to lie. Like, it got me near the end. Especially America Ferrara's character and her daughter, Sasha. Yeah, no, uh, yeah. There's, there's, again, like, you know, we, we have, like, all the characters in Barbie World, all the Cairns, like, also, like, Seema Liu and also um, uh, Kingsley Benadir. Uh, who's mm, really Michael Cera, Sarah. Michael Sarah, um, you know, um, and um, Dua Lipa. Obviously, she gets a cameo in this film as well. There's different mermaids. Yeah. Um, and also Emma Mackey, yeah. who was the physicist. I'm she actually just going to in the list now, actually, because I, I think it's good we actually do mention some of these names, to be honest, because... So I, I do want to mention... This is really going to launch your career even more, Emma Mackey. Oh, yeah, no. Because she's, she, she, she's not... She was popular on Netflix, but after this film, she's going to be catapulted into Hollywood further down. So obviously we have actually, like, uh, um, he's obviously he's not really prominent in the movie, but uh, Nakuti Gatwa, um, he's actually okay. the next Doctor Who. Oh, so, yeah. Yeah, oh, yeah, yeah recognised. Go from sex education to Barbie to Doctor Who. It's, uh, yeah. I tell you, like, also like Kingsley Benadir, he's gone from Secret Invasion to Barbie now he's doing a uh, Bob Marley biopic. It's yeah. like... Well, you've also got... Um, you don't just have him for Marvel. You've also got... Um, sh- yeah, Similia? Yeah, but what's his... What's his what's Shang-Chi? His, that's the one. Similia, yeah. Who's, who's sort of like the the rival Ken, essentially. Yeah, he, he's like the biggest uh, Ken character who's not the main Ken character. Biggest supporting Ken character. And obviously Issa Rae as uh, President Barbie. Oh, yeah. And, I like uh, President and Lawyer and Judge Barbie. Yeah. Kate McKinnon as uh, Crazy... Weird. weird weird Barbie, weird Barbie, so yeah, weird, stipulate weird Barbie here, and I love the fact that they've actually made a weird Barbie doll now, which I thought there would have been already, but I'm guessing not, and I love how her character is essentially what happened to every Barbie doll, like if her brother or like some, someone else took the doll and played with it and everything, um, and yeah, Margot Robbie's performance in this film, like it's it's there's a lot more added depth, especially when they go to the real world, and how they see, you know, as you, you've met, you know, you mentioned briefly how... Um, they they run into the concept of like stereotypical Barbie isn't what the real world is. Um, when she comes into contact with um, uh, America Ferrera and her daughter, her daughter's character specifically, there's four girls at a table. Supposedly, they're supposed to be because obviously they're very dressed in very monotone colors and everything compared to Barbie. They're I've read somewhere I don't know if it's confirmed they're supposed to be the Bratz dolls. Like they're supposed to be represented. Oh the yeah, Bratz yeah, dolls, yeah, yeah, yeah. Which I are the anti Barbies essentially. Oh yeah, yeah. And I love how this movie deals with, like, depression. Different and, issues, yeah, sensitive issues. Yeah, exactly. And, like, it, obviously, I, I do think they could have 
the script could have tightened it a little bit in, like in that area like with some of the side characters i do think you know it does heavily focus on barbie and ryan Gosling's ken which we'll get into in a second but i do think the side characters that could have been a bit more tightening there in my opinion yeah i kind of agree still great but yeah, yeah. and obviously we get uh performances so. by um will ferrell as well as the head of mattel yeah he was great as always just quite crazy but basically typical more far craziness but just a note on the side character thing I agree with you one my main criticism about the film would be that I feel that the side characters weren't fleshed out enough I mean so obviously Will Ferrell now playing the second uh, third, second time a third evil uh, in person in charge of a company like Lego movie as well like he did that well okay it's not as e- I don't. It's not as evil as I thought it was going to be. Um, so corporate, I should say. Then. Yeah, I was going to say. What well, I mean, watching the trailer, I thought it was going to be um, typical, so typical, evil, evil. Actually, not quite. But not yeah, really. I don't think Greta has given like. I'm really looking forward to see what she does next. To be honest, like, I know I believe I've read that she's um, participating in writing the next Snow White movie, which will be interesting because a lot of. Yeah, we're not going to go into that at the moment. But I'm really looking forward to seeing where this goes next. They are saying they might do more Barbie movies. I don't know what they're going to do there because I think they need to take, under the context of this movie, you don't have to push mm. all the Barbies. Essentially, it's like focus on what you have, not, you know, or, you know, focus on what, what could be, essentially, not, you know, what is out there. But obviously, we spoke about Margot Robbie a bit and her great performance. But let's get on to the other character in this movie who. In my opinion, even though this is called the Barbie movie, he kind of steals the show, in my opinion. Like, Ryan Gosling, like, do you want to try and take it away? Yeah, yeah Ryan Gosling, as you know, he's a world-famous actor from The Notebook and La La Land. But on this movie, the way he... He's so, like... He he, he looked really sleek and really... He was perfect. The both of them together was like a match made in heaven. I mean, I do love the fact that like a lot of people were joking at the beginning. Why is Ryan Gosling playing Ken? He's too old. To oh play yeah, there they was a little bit of criticism. I read that as well. I'm sorry, but a lot of people critiquing. If you see Ryan Gosling in this movie, you're not questioning his goddamn age. That's for sure. Like no, definitely not. He's I it was perfect. Mm. Yeah. I mean, I love the fact that at the beginning of this film, like, because this film deals a lot with like you know the 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 views of masculinity in the world and the patriarchy and how you know it's male dominant environment. But obviously, he's in the Barbie world and it's flipped and. They're obsessed with horses when the patriarchy comes into context, which I think is hilarious. But it goes deeper for his character because he, as we just hit, seem like, you know, it's Barbie and Ken. It's not, he, he doesn't feel like he's his own character, essentially. And I love, I do love the journey that he goes on. I do feel there's, we'll get into the spoiler section. I do feel it doesn't conclude exactly for him, but I'm guessing that's the whole point of his character is that it goes on possibly, but... Yeah, um, and obviously we get that great musical number, which no doubt will be performed at the Oscars now. What, um, Julie Leaper song? Uh, no, I, that as well, but I'm thinking I'm just Ken. Oh. That, that'll probably be performed, because that's that's the song that made the Billboard charts, actually, like for like for what it was. Um, but do we have any other thoughts on the movie before we get into the spoiler section? Because I think, I think this film does require spoilers to it. Do, do you guys have any more thoughts for, no, for the film at all? No, I like points? the ending, but it was quite... It wasn't stereotypical girly. Oh, I mean, like... It, it wasn't girly at all, Mason. Any guy who watches this film and they get to the end of that movie, they're going to go, huh? <laughs> Why? But then I've listened to other reviews with other you and female podcasts and they've stated, like, no, that's actually kind of a perfect ending for this type of film, to be honest. Um, we'll get into the spoiler section specifically, but so, obviously, you know, this film, 
it's still, we're, we're getting this film on digital on September 5th, so now that's going to boom there as well. We're going to hear everyone up and down the streets playing the Barbie movie in their house. I wonder how much money, there's more money this movie's going to make before it actually leaves the cinema, to be honest. Yeah. With ev- all of Barbie franchise, all the Barbie food, the cakes, oh, the God, drinks, yeah. oh my God, all the little toys, the little, everything's Barbie. And I think I'm hoping... Stationery, I'm thinking bags, of, just hoping this movie, like makes it more commonplace for like people to not be judgmental if you like Barbie or Ken and stuff like that is, you know, it's... You're not too girly, oh you're too weak, you're too old for Barbie. Do you know what? I remember when I was in school, we used to love Barbie, but one of my old friends back in the day, she loved it and she was too embarrassed to let other people know because she was about nine at the time. And at, at the time, nine or no, nine or ten, and at the time, if you're over the age of eight or nine, it's a bit embarrassing to still like Barbie. She was ten at the time and she, she didn't want anybody to know that she loves Barbie. I remember my brother had a birthday party once in the local place where we were. He used to give like a Barbie or a, a, a action man doll to the kid at the party. But because my brother has a unisex name, they thought he was a girl. So they gave him a Barbie for his birthday and whatnot. And he still played with it. I don't believe he still played with it. I think he may have given it to my sister in the end. But like, yeah, also I just, I just think this film is like accepting who you are. You know, you're not, you don't. Be proud. Exactly. Be don't proud. Don't about other people's opinions. Uh, nothing's just purely girls or boys go on your own journey like t- go on go on a journey to discover yourself essentially like you know you don't have to fit yourself into a specific box i didn't mean to make that a barbie box pun but uh i kind of fits perfectly but don't fit yourself into a box and go on a journey to find out who you are whatever you know a scientist you literally look at this film like you could be any occupation you want to be uh you could be anything you want to be or if you don't know who you are yet it doesn't matter because sometimes it takes a lot longer to figure out who you are. Just go on the journey. And sometimes it takes you a long time to figure out who you are on your journey. But also sometimes it's just good to just take your time. Just just see where you're going. But I, I think we're going to get to the rating section now before we get into the spoiler section. Well, before we get into the cutoff point with uh, Chaz uh, coming in with his review. And then we'll go into the spoiler section afterwards. But yeah, so uh, Rami, do you want to take your, your review away? Uh, your review score? For Barbie, I would say it's probably... Seven and a half. Wow, that's slower than I expected, actually. Like, that's yeah, I'm quite a critic in movies because, as I mentioned earlier, I'm I, this film was really cute and really funny. It was good. But as I mentioned earlier, I'm more into like, I my films that really get me thinking is like thrillers mm-hmm. and rom-coms. And so like, basically, we're gonna need a really, uh... really clever. You're like really excited. What's gonna happen next? What's gonna happen next? But this one, mm-hmm. it was good. It was fun, and it was really fun to watch. But that is my score. So we're going to need serial killer Ken or, Bar- or Barbie movie next to just to get that bump that score up to an 8.5 possibly. Uh, James, yourself? Yeah, I'm actually also going to give it a 7.5 out of 10. So I like I-, I liked it, but I didn't necessarily love it. So I agree. I like the messages that it was trying to do. I felt the side characters were underutilised and hence, but it didn't really feel like... Um, real fleshed out characters as opposed to maybe like uh the main characters uh, i feel will fell's character was underutilized um i felt it was f- it, it was fun it was, i mean i know it's probably skewing to a younger audience well there's some of meshes maybe not i mean probably a bit of both S- certainly I, I i i yeah i like i liked it i didn't love it interesting I am actually at an eight eight point five for this. Yeah, I, maybe same. Yeah, I um, 
there's just something about this film, like for certain aspects of the movie, like trying to discover who you are and like the journey you go on, and also like the relationship between the mother, the relationship between mother and daughter got me a little bit because it you know takes not in the mother daughter aspect, the mother and son aspect for me, but like other family relationships really did hit me a bit harder. Um, and I just think the performances around were absolutely brilliant. I think like the the concept of Ryan Gosling's character and how he, you know, I I, I do love the fact in this movie, like you know, Barbie starts going on an existential crisis. But then somehow that does skew into Ken himself. But it seems that whereas Barbie has a direction to go, Ken becomes directionless and that plays into the plot of the movie, essentially. I love how that plays out, which we'll get into the spoiler section, how that, you know, folds up for that character. But yeah, I think um, I think we're going to leave it there. So, right, people, what we're going to do now is we're going to actually do, 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 do. We are going to go to Chaz now and myself talking about his review for the movie and and also like a bit of a spoiler talk TV roundup. So basically we're going to, from this point forward, people, please take everything you can in skew of, co- you know, in context, there'll be spoilers. But uh, so, yeah, but we're, we will see, we'll be right back after this with uh, myself and Chaz. And welcome back, everyone, to this interesting new segment that we've never actually done before. But, you know, we figured, like, some people can't be on the podcast sometimes because of other commitments, work commitments, family commitments. But they want to get they want to get their opinion in. And speaking of opinions, I've got to welcome back to someone who has been on for a little bit since our Guardians review. How you doing, man? Hello. I'm good. Yeah. Um, I've been, I don't know, man, busy. Busy as hell. The last three months have felt like two weeks. Um, but it's been good. Um and uh, yeah, while I've not been busy, I've been playing a hell of a lot of Darkest Dungeon 2. Everyone else is on, you know, Diablo and Baldur's Gate, and I'm just like, DD2, DD2, and everyone's like, oh, shut up, Chaz, stop talking about that game. <laughs> so have you, uh, have you not given in to the temptation of Baldur's Gate yet? No, like, I, I don't know. Like, it is, obviously, I've heard a lot of good stuff about it. It looks really cool, but like, I personally have been waiting for Darkest Dungeon for a long time, so I'm just really enjoying it. And to be honest, gameplay-wise, it's a really solid sequel. I mean, honestly, I'm actually breaking tomorrow. I'm finally giving in to the temptation. I figure there's payday. Or why not? I'll give it a go. And uh, a few other people have uh, cracked as well. Like, I've only had only 20 people go to me. No, you're playing it yet. Fuck, you're playing it yet. So, yeah, yeah no. exactly. You won't uh, be short of people to talk about it with, at least. Well, it's been a long time since I've played a turn-based adventure like this. Because, obviously, KOTOR, way back in the day, was based on Dungeons & Dragons. I believe the the five series of rule aren't fucking there like something to do with dungeons and dragons um the way the the system the role system worked i read up on something like that basically and uh yeah i think the last game i probably played was dragon age one where it's probably close like regards to this so yeah it'd be oh, interesting to play. oh yeah it's it's been a while even i played a newer game than that in terms of turn-based RPGs, it was divinity a little bit that's right that's before been... that would have been dragon age uh infinite or whatever it's called inquisition inquisition that's the one. oh oh shit was that that was no that wasn't turn-based was it oh, or, you, or, you, or you could switch it but yeah anyway it's, yeah uh myself i yeah i i think we spoke in the main podcast but yeah i've been playing a bit remnant 2 whenever i actually get a time to play gaming to be honest because uh these past few weeks i've just been moving rooms around and i just haven't had time so yeah it's, it's nice to have a lot of space now i'm not gonna lie like it's uh you know, but uh, yeah, obviously, you know, as people know, we we are here to discuss a certain certain pink flared movie, as it were, like that's taken the world by storm. And obviously, we got James and Romney's opinion before this. And just to make you aware, people, that in this discussion, we will be going into spoilers. So this will technically be the review slash spoiler discussion part of the chat. We're only going to do this for about 15, maybe 15, 20 minutes at, at most. 
and we'll just go from there. So I think I'm just going to hand over to Chaza just say, man, what were your thoughts of the film? Yeah, um, it was interesting. Uh, I wasn't even going to watch it, first of all. Um, the trailer didn't quite um, encapsulate what I think makes the movie really good. Um, but saying that, I did really enjoy it. Uh, I was laughing pretty much right away from the first scene there was a lot of good humor um there was a lot of um interesting commentary i'd say and also to be honest a lot of really good like visual language for kind of getting across the idea that they are like living dolls in a way um so yeah uh overall i i did enjoy it a lot um i think that performance wise most people like really nailed what they were doing um surprisingly for a barbie movie ken stole the show i think um you know going in i probably they were playing into the fact that you don't expect much from ken you know who works at beach um <laughs> but you know he has possibly more of an arc than barbie does um and i like the message that he has across at the end you know i'm Knuff. ken ken up that's it <laughs> um you know he doesn't need to have barbie's approval so yeah um one thing I said coming out of it is that clearly uh, the director and the production team had uh, a clear vision for what they wanted to do, um, you know, the style and the pacing and kind of the story they wanted to do. So, um, yeah, uh, it's interesting. Uh, very, very funny. I don't know how it will go on a rewatch, but um, in terms of first time, very entertaining movie, very well done. Um, and yeah, clearly a good uh vision and quite a unique take on it i think so what would you what would you rate it then yeah i was wondering about rating um i thought about this a little bit earlier um i'm gonna go with an eight an eight out of ten nice so me and you're on the same level there uh james and romilly gave it a seven seven point five which is lower than i expected it to be and uh yeah no i think i think fergus was going to give it a six uh, or as by the way we have officially dubbed it a fergus out of ten now a fergus six yeah not, not even adding the six anymore. It's just got a Fergus out of ten. We know exactly where that number's going to be now. Be interesting but, to see why he'd say that, but maybe we'll get him on as well. I don't know. Well, yeah, he was supposed to. Yeah, unfortunately, he couldn't be on for the episode um, and even this part. But you know, I definitely agree with you in regards to Ryan Gosling. Uh, I think we discussed in the main part of the episode where basically uh, it, he does steal the show to a degree. Like Margaret Robert goes on this amazing journey, and the ending was quite shocking. I will say that. Like probably to most, probably to all of the male audience they were like um okay but all the female audience from what i've heard are like yeah no sounds about right like that that's you know sounds about right for what this is and um because i as i I thought she was going to a job interview at the end yeah i think that's what they were trying to get across um i didn't mention it but i I do think that it is it does lean into the 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 feminist stuff well at least a little and quite a lot depending on your perspective i'd say for me it didn't feel particularly like unnatural like it was pushing any kind of i don't know it has a theme it has an idea yeah but it didn't feel like it was so harsh but i know some people have kind of backlashed against that which is Um, i mean i'm looking at metacritic and so basically let's let's bring up the old share screen haven't done this for a while the old share screen that's freezing at the moment so basically if we look at metacritic at the moment we currently have a uh, 80 percent for Metacritic score and a 5.1 for user score. Oh, I wonder why that might be. Interesting. Because if we go, scroll down, 699 positive, 663 negative. And if we look at the negative scores, most of the stuff is evoking what you're exactly stating. To be honest, it's like 
um all the high brain little buzz uh uh where is it like um starts off well but then it goes into like some way of agenda uh the most obvious radical feminist movie of all time not recommending um like massive disappointment uh very depressing painfully unfunny slog i'm like um did we watch the same movie no like honestly like honestly fr- you were right from the get-go like the, the jokes do come in heavy and high, heavy and fun at the beginning like i i love the fact that when ken first runs I've, i mentioned this to me but when he first runs down to trying to impress runs down to the wave it just gets knocked the fuck back and whatnot because nothing's real and i don't know what it is about like you you talk about like you know ryan gosling at the end when he's when he's knuff which i'm, I'm getting a t-shirt that i'm still getting a t-shirt that. naturally um yeah of course of course i'm doing that but it does feel like his film the film is open-ended for him like it, it, he doesn't have a, a proper conclusion to a degree, he get, he sort of like goes off on his journey. Yeah, which is and... fine. It doesn't like nothing. Need, it doesn't need to be wrapped up. Um, you know, I feel like his arc is just that he gets over, you know, some of the stuff that he clearly had going on, or not gets over, but just kind of starts to understand a different path. Um, which I think is kind of interesting to leave it a little bit open. Like, what would he go away and do? What can he do in that Barbie area, um, that Barbie land? <laughs> uh, so yeah, I I thought that was fine. I love um I love that I'm just Ken number. It goes from like this really, you know, melancholic song to like this grease fucking like music video and everything. And I'm just like, I love the eighties so much and I was like I was like ready to be pumping in that scene as well and like going in my their black trousers and you know I was saying this in the other part, you know they're gonna perform that at the Oscars, right? We're getting we're getting a we're getting a performance of that at the Oscars. Of course. Um but yeah, I don't really people who are saying it's uninspired and not funny, I don't really get it i don't get the the feminist and the agenda stuff either like clearly it's there but it feels like it's part of what makes sense for that movie and that brand i will say that i was starting to get a little tired of the humor towards the tail end of it Mm -hmm. um which is why i'm a little bit unsure about second watches um because i feel like kind of it's it's like once you know what to expect maybe you wouldn't be able to watch it again or maybe a long time but I, I don't know it's done very well um you know there's a style there's a lot of things that make sense for the world that they're getting across and i don't think you can call it anything like uninspired or like not funny it's 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 a quality movie it's a good movie right i, I love the fact that obviously you know people go oh yeah it's pulling the the, you know, the female the feminist work agenda but they forget that though this was written by greta gerwig and directed by greta gerwig her husband was the other writer. So it's like, you know, like I, I, I listened to another podcast and talk about how like The Godfather is the greatest movie of all time. And they're basically joking how stating like, um, you know, there was probably a conversation that they had together in their own lives. And that's a lot, a lot of the stuff from their real lives is trans, transcribed into the movie, essentially. And I, I love the, you know, the scene of trying to distract them. And I thought it was absolutely brilliant. It played out. And I... I talk about this in the other part of the episode where basically um, it's interesting how, um, you know, in Barbie world, everything is flipped. So obviously, you know, it's a very female dominated world and the men are just sort of like subservient to a degree. And they sort of like tried to, t- and it, it sort of flips when, you know, the whole um, uh, patriarchy system comes in when Ken comes back. But at the end, um, they, you know, the, the Kens are like, oh yeah, can we, can we be on the same level as you? And even then they go like, no you can you could go below us and everything which is sort of like a i feel like 
I feel like it is a, you know, not a society at the moment where, you know, it's still quite difficult for people to be on the same level to a degree, but it's getting closer. It is a real world allegory that, yeah. Yeah, no, um, it's, I love, I love the performance of someone's side characters. Obviously, Simu Liu, I think he was brilliant. It's like the rival Ken. I thought he was, he, he was quite funny. I loved Alan. <laughs> oh yeah, we, we talk about Michael Sarah briefly. I, yeah, it's really awesome how like he, he, he is, he's, he's just Alan. But he's the he's the one who doesn't agree with the system that's yeah. coming through. Yeah, and, and he his his ass kicking scene was just like yeah, like this is the thing, like things like that, the weird Barbie, you know, like all these different kind of oh, different God. takes on Barbie as a franchise. I was just like, there's some creativity in this, you know. You can't just be like, I mean, obviously people are just being butthurt and be like, oh, two out of hundred or whatever. Um, but like you know, I can see why you would say it's not a perfect movie, right? It isn't. But it's also not like two out of twelve, two out of a hundred movie. Well, we talk about in the main segment, like this movie. I feel we have been oversaturated with superhero films, action films like Fast and Furious, and you know all these mega male orientated films. Obviously, we have female heroes within them. You know, female, you know, led superheroes to a point. Like you know, we had stuff like One Division, which talked about grief and everything. But I feel that that sort of trailed off in Doctor Strange and the Multiverse of Madness. To be honest. Uh, Miss Marvel, we had stuff like that as well. We had we have all these things, but I feel that there wasn't a big representation of like all women to a degree. And we talk about the man, so how like it's really awesome to see like every generation of you know all, all female gen- all females in the generation, like granddaughters, the grandmothers, you know, mothers, daughters, sisters, aunts, just really like loving this film and going together and having this having this movie that they can enjoy together because we haven't had that for a long time. I mean, yeah, no, like I think, um, I think that's the best way to be. To sometimes it's just uh, when when we look at film, when we look at cinema and how basically yeah, it has been so male dom- or, or dominated, and even even in like musicals to a degree, like we get a bit more balanced there. And obviously, this is a musical movie and a drama movie, and Greta Gerwig has done such a a great job in it. But it's re- it's re- it's really lovely to see when you're going out in public and you see all these people dressed in pink, and you're like, I know where you're going, and like, yeah, that was cool buildings in our town like lit up in pink like not even associated with the cinema and whatnot like because you know it's, it's celebrating it's this mass cultural event that's created over it's it's the highest grossing domestic film for warner brothers of all time now it's beat the dark no wow well that yeah. i didn't know that um yeah i mean to be honest like i think it makes i think it makes sense like the I don't know. It's just something that people have latched onto for a bit of fun, a bit of good vibes, and I like have no problem with that. I don't even necessarily see it as like a big like oh, it's a loads of female cast, you know, like all the most of the cast is female and like it's a big feminist thing. That just makes sense to me because it's Barbie and there's loads of them. Like you know what I mean? Do you feel like the side cast like Will Ferrell, America Ferrera, America Ferrera, those those characters? We never never really touched on those. Um, I mean they they got they did get on my nerves a little bit because they were kind of like i guess they were going for a corporate stereotype which they kind of got and then also like really dumb <laughs> um but you know will ferrell was kind of funny i don't he's not my kind of humor anyway so the fact that i find him find him kind of funny is probably a good thing like probably a praise there what what did you think of the whole like i, lo- I loved the twist on the america ferrera and the daughter thing you originally think it's the daughter but it's the mother and dealing with her issues as well yeah she was really good um especially the mother like that was just a, a fun character to watch and they kind of played the everyman um 
you know, excuse the uh, the expression uh, for you know these mad like executives and you know Barbies and Kens running around. They're just like we're just normal people witnessing this crazy. They do kind of brush it off quite quickly when they're like, okay, this is just normal. Um, but you know, I think that that works fine for the movie. You can't have them just being constantly, you know, awestruck by all the mad shit that's going on. So. No, I, I definitely completely agree. I'm, um, and obviously, no doubt, no doubt we are getting some form of a Barbie sequel. This is obviously going to happen, but I'm hoping it doesn't follow Margot Robbie. I'm hoping now that we've we've got... Because obviously, Margot Robbie is actually classed as the stereotypical Barbie in the movie. That's why I thought at the end of the movie, her going for a job interview was her finding her not stereotypical anymore. But I'm guessing, like, you know, her becoming a full woman, you know, she wasn't being stereotypical. She was being her own person, essentially, or being a person. And I'm hoping in the next movie we get like some completely different Barbie or like a di- maybe Midge, the pregnant Barbie, will get her finally not be pregnant oh God, anymore. No. Oh, God. <laughs> the horror. Um, oh, no. I-, I know what you mean, though. Uh, it could go two ways, I think. It could go, like you said, follow another Barbie or maybe do a Ken movie. Honestly, I think Ken will probably might be a thing where he basically like he because obviously in this movie, I. I really shouldn't, we shouldn't have laughed at it, but how like he was like being really, really sexist to like, you know, that female doctor in the hospital. He's like, you know, oh, can I speak to a doctor, please? And like, oh, clicky pen. And it like, just completely dismisses her as like a doctor. And like, you know, he, he, it's only, again, as you stated, it's only at the end of the movie, he finally understand. he's starting to understand the balance to a degree. I mean, I, I don't think that looks bad on him because really it's just like the jokes on him. If, if that makes sense you know you're oh, laughing yeah. you're laughing at him he's being the clown because obviously that's stupid um you know what he's he's doing so i think that's fine um i, I will say actually one thing i do want to say before we wrap up is that some of the funniest things came from how they were interacting in the real world i was like in hysterics when they <laughs> when they walked up to the uh the builders and then the builders start you oh, know God, harassing yeah. them and catcalling them and they're like sorry we don't have genital <laughs> And then the builders just do the most like twenty twenty three thing and go, okay. <laughs> yeah, you, you show any other day. Like, like I will say the one thing I was spoiled, I was spoiled about by the film beforehand when they were doing the behind the scenes they were filming it is when you know she gets slapped on the ass and she turns around and punches the guy in the face and you see them squeal and everything. I I, I was like I can't wait to see that in the film. Just like seeing there seeing because also you, obviously I was looking more again even at that point I was looking at Ryan Gosling. And his like over exaggerated reaction because also, even though they're trying to, uh, we haven't, we talked about very briefly in the part, even though they pushed the whole, you know, you know, patriarchy thing, you know, trying to make more men, the men in this movie are not like stereotypical like men to a degree. They're very, they're more feminine, like in this, yeah, in, it's absurd, yeah, yeah. And I, I love how that dynamic plays out. I will say, I think spin off they need to do, we just need an Alan movie. Oh, god, yeah, <laughs> that'd be great. I mean, play on the fact that we're getting the Scott Pilgrim animated show soon. You know, Mike, the, we're, we're in the Serasons now and whatnot. And like... Serasons, uh, of course. Like, I've never heard that term, but that doesn't surprise oh, me. Oh, I, I literally just, I've, I've literally just coined it. Uh, yeah, I mean, you know what? I wouldn't be surprised if you said that Twitter or something was, was saying mean, that. we got the Brennerons, and everyone's talking about it now. So like, you know, the Brennan Fraser and everything, Fraser. But yeah, no, uh, I think, yeah, I think we're going to wrap it up. You got any closer comments, dude? Or I think, I think we're all good now. Um, I think that... I kind of just reiterate some of the stuff I've said. Um, you know, it's a really funny movie. Um, it's got a lot of visuals and, you know, um, film language that it uses that makes sense for a Barbie movie. Quite well done. 
Um, you know, it's not vapid and shallow. There's a lot to it. Um, don't know if it's worth a second watch, but yeah, definitely a fun movie. Um, good on the first watch. A lot of laughs. And to be honest, there was more to it than I thought there would be. So yeah. Nice, nice, nice rounder eight movie, I think. Oh, yeah, eight eight is definitely, yeah. um, And it comes out September 5th, so people could definitely enjoy it at home at that point. So, enjoy it at home. So, obviously, we'll probably be getting you back for the retro games episode where we uh, have a good detailed discussion on that. And also, maybe the TMNT one, if we could get finally get to watch that, possibly uh, see how that possibly goes because, you know, time and everything. Uh, Yeah. Hopefully, once we get into autumn things will slowly become a bit less crazy but yeah uh, yeah we've been just enjoying summer socials and and whatnot so but no but Chaz, i want to thank you again for joining me today and i hope you enjoy the rest of your your day off or your evening off and you have a have a lovely evening and we'll and we will speak to you soon dude Hopefully. Right, catch, you later, man. catch you later and welcome back people so obviously hopefully you enjoyed that uh, review and uh spoiler discussion section with myself and Chaz. uh definitely some great points out there some interesting conversations but um yeah we're gonna get up to the spoiler section now small spoiler talk here uh and then we'll be wrapping up so right i think we'll i think we'll start with james now for the spoiler section yep. so anything specific you want to talk about uh about a spoiler section i don't know i mean i suppose it was it was an, inter- it was an interesting ending making barbie uh go no, 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 no. We could, we could talk about spoilers here. We could talk. Oh, okay. Yeah. Rum, 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 and he's, rum, and he's like, like, oh, no, don't, don't say anything. No, no. But all spoilers now. You know, I've worried about. You know, yeah, we, yeah. Yeah, no, it was, it was interesting in the ending um, when Barbie, making Barbie become a human. Gynecologist. Yeah. Oh, gynecologist at the end. Um, yeah, I mean, it was definitely not the direction I would have expected the film to go to from the start. Well, going into a film not really knowing what it was about, it's. Um, not well, what would have expected, but it was interesting. What were you expecting? I mean, I wasn't really expecting. I knew there was going to be some interesting themes. I knew it was going to be a little bit subversive, and that's why, uh, that's why I was kind of like curious about watching the Barbie film, which is a phrase that I never thought I would have said. But I was actually interested. Not many people do, to be honest. Film. Not many people um, do. So, so I wasn't. I didn't really know what to expect from a film. To be fair, I, I think I was concerned that it might be too overly, overly girly. Overly musical, perhaps, but um, I like. I mean, it's like I like. I liked it overall. So I, I like the themes. Um, but in terms of spoilers specifically, I don't have a huge amount. I'll probably get more to talk about uh, when I feel, feel your thoughts and riff or foes because I'm not. I don't have anything. Sp- oh, I I thought the spoilers, uh, just the amount, the variety of the different Barbies. Mm-hmm. So many different Barbies. Mm. Weird Barbie, Judge Barbie, Present and Barbie, Mermaid Barbie, Physicist Barbie, so many Barbies. Actually, I just brought on something. I thought the scene uh, later on was quite cool, where they were um, basically replacing each of the Barbies, and they were the Barbies being brainwashed essentially by the Kens, and then it was like one by one they were slowly uh, unbrainwashing um, each of them and kind of dis- distracting the Kens and then kind of like grabbing the brainwashed Barbie unbrainwashing her and I thought that whole thing was quite clever so so one you know actually this actually comes on to one of the things I wanted to talk about which we didn't actually talk about in the review section specifically but I did say we would talk about Michael Sarah's character as Alan 
yeah, that was uh, that was interesting. Definitely. I mean, I, I, I liked I, it. Funny, but yeah, I love the fact that like when when you think about Alan, there's Alan, and then you think about Miracle Sarah and then, like his career and everything. And it's like I don't think any other actor could have played that. To be honest, and I love how yeah, it's kind of perfect. Every other Ken is sort of like sucked into this whole patriarchy idea by Brian Gosling's Ken, but Alan is the one who doesn't. He he's the yeah. he's the opposite essentially. He he has his own mind. He he wants to help the Barbies sort this stuff out. The one thing I I found interested towards the end of the film was basically how the the Kens wanted sort of like you know to move on an even footing essentially, hmm. but even but at the end of the film they weren't really given that like you know it was it was, it was still sort of like a reflection of the real world how um you know we, we, we are pushing towards more you know equality and everything, yeah. but a lot you know a lot of positions still aren't filled by females because they you know there's a lot. Of, people just you know what i mean it's just yeah, yeah, yeah. really complicated in that regard and i do love how the film flips that essentially um mm. I, I do love how i do love that i do love that brainwashing scene i thought it was absolutely hilarious to be yeah. honest um i love how they distract them by just playing me some music and tell me about this music and everything yeah. and even john cena's mermaid performance of like with his little um ukulele out on the lake um obviously you know i've read reviews and how people found the end of the movie very suddenly how can i phrase this it just it felt like it just how what the, it came out i know with the guy you know the gynecologist and everything but mm. you know and ha- talking about how you know with um with women and gynecology is one of the big things you go through as a woman i, I don't want to go into too much of myself because i can't really say much but you know i when when she goes off like come out of the car and goes into the big building i thought she was going for a job interview oh yeah 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 yeah, yeah. that's a good and the way she was dressed was very professional very it wasn't stereotypically too pinky too girly which is the irony because she is the stereotypical but, but yeah yeah that's very ironic and that's why I thought, because obviously, you know, in the film, she's trying to find her place and everything. She's classified as stereotypical Barbie. Every other Barbie has a role, a position, but she didn't. Mm. But I guess, like, her journey is becoming a real woman. That's what she becomes, essentially. I, I do love how she met the female creator of Barbie and how, like, you know, oh, yeah. cool. it was an interesting, was interesting scene. Interesting, yeah, yeah I was, um, I'm trying to remember the actress's name now, unfortunately. I don't have it on hand. I know it's um the wife of Danny DeVito. I know that for sure. Oh, I didn't know that, but... Yeah, like it's. Um, I'm trying to. I'm going to go to. I really should have had this name up, people, to be honest. But so, if I'm just going to scroll down now, trying to get the name. I. Oh, uh, Rhea Pillman. That's it. Rhea Pillman as a Ruth. Yeah, she's actually uh, Danny DeVito's wife in real life. Nice. Because obviously she was in Matilda back in the day. Oh, okay. As the mum. Uh, yeah. But yeah, I, I love how her character came into the film and gave her some context and everything. And wait, wait, wait a minute. Are you saying she she was. Because that was Danny DeVito. So, so my right in saying Matilda was Danny DeVito. And hers as Matilda's parents, is yes. that what you're saying? Yes, extended to be the film as well. Were now, they weren't, were they not a couple then, but when became a couple? Oh, no, they, oh, no, no, they were married in 1982. Oh, they, they were already, oh, oh well, mm-hmm. so they, they played, they played a real life married couple with Matilda when they were already married. And Danny DeVito directed that film as well, which I, I didn't know I didn't until much that years later. Yeah, but no, with uh, with the Barbie movie, I, 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 love, I also loved the scene as well with the old woman on the, be- on the, on the bench and how, like... Barbie is as at her lowest point, like been reduced to like you're just this like. Oh yeah, and that bench with the older woman. Yeah, that did Tim maybe tear up a bit to be honest. Mm. Um, how Ryan, you know, when Barbie comes back to like Barbie world and sees the the flip and everything, and you know Barbie serving alcohol now, what's going on? And Ken's struggle to like listen. I he he went too far with how you know flipping the roles and everything, and how he tries to show off. But I I do love how Ryan Gosling. Ryan Gosling plays off of uh, Margot Robbie in those scenes specifically and like 
what am I basically? Barbie has been questioning who she is, but at the end of the film, you know, Margot Robbie's character becomes a you know she becomes a woman in real life. Does Ken become a man? Like that's that's one of the questions I was like, it just sort of leaves it open ended for him. Yeah, I suppose it'd be maybe for sequel. We'll give him something to do in the sequel, perhaps. Well, Ken. Yeah. I mean, could they do that though? I'm wondering. Uh, I suppose. I mean, I, I, I don't know what they're gonna do. In all fairness, but it's it's only way I can see them really going is is to maybe. Uh... Oh no no no! Most definitely. Do we have any um? Do we have any more um closing thoughts really at all? Possibly like on the movie, like anything you want to talk about specifically for the film? No. Not for me, no. No, I mean, I, again, I liked Will Ferrell's character. I liked how he played out with like all the other executives and how Mattel was like this very colourless world. And it was very... Also, I love how people joke about the pregnant Barbie being creepy and everything. Okay, and yeah, yeah. That was very odd. And like how, you know, there was some there was some Barbies... I don't understand the concept of Barbie world and the real world getting there and everything, but I don't think it's supposed to. No, but to. I think, but I think you can. I think you can forgive. I think, yeah, exactly. I think um, suspension of disbelief. I did read an article that Neil deGrasse Tyson was like, "I know how to get to Barbie world," and I'm like, "Do you though, Neil? Do you really though?" Yeah, yeah no, I'm. Uh, yeah, no. This honestly, people, this film definitely deserves to be a billion dollars. I, it's, it's brought, it's brought such a huge community together. To be honest, it's like honestly i never thought i'd say in my life that i really love a barbie film yeah okay. a lot yeah. of people have you know come out and said this basically and no i mean i i i, I can see you loving it before uh yeah i mean yeah okay i love the different um outfits certainly i need to have forgot to make a point of that the different outfits as barbie's wearing especially margot being the stereotypical barbie the very different dresses tops and oh, shoes lo- and <sighs> I love how they like, you know, they pause it on the screen when the when the outfit comes across and everything, and oh, yeah, they try and make yeah. an advert essentially for Barbie, but it's sort of like taking and taking it that way. Um, I do, yeah, I do think the whole America Ferrera and her daughter character could have been given a little bit more depth, to be honest. I agree. I, there was a little bit of an emotional punch to it, but I agree with you a little, little bit more depth. I did like the twist yeah. in how it was America Ferrera's character was the one who was like, you know. Yeah. linked to Barbie and not the daughter. I did like that aspect because also bringing in the creator of Barbie, um, the mother and also Barbie itself, it brings in the whole, the generational aspect of Barbie as well. It's like how important, a, how phenomenal it is, how relevant it is. Hitting the nail on the head there. Hitting mm. the nail on the head there because obviously I've seen so many women go to this film and they're taking their mothers, their grandmothers, you know, their daughters, granddaughters, you know, the granddaughters, you know it's like, it's such a big thing and like, and how it's just, you know, how everyone's coming together. So it's just, so it's so nice to see in the world at the moment because we've had such a lot of a lot of bleakness and everything. We've had a lot of like you know after COVID and lockdown and yeah. cost of living crisis. You want something fun and uplifting and pinky and girly and I mean but the thing had... is you've got this, but you've also got the emotional aspect and the it makes you think. They touch upon loads of different issues. I mean, we've had so many superhero movies, action movies, male push driven movies, and most most female driven movies have been like either comedies to a certain point but mostly dramas we don't really have like and like the last film i can think of like female film i can think of that's gone to this level to me would be legally blonde oh yeah legally blonde i don't think legally blonde was as big as this but i mean well it it was popular back then in like 2003 2002 got this 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 like different there's like four legally blondes or was it three uh so they're doing a third film now and there's a broadway play and everything and like you know that goes into that i know that i know reese Witherspoon's working on the film, third film currently uh i do love the fact that also speaking of legally blonde how that was actually pulled back into the cinemas recently so i love how like 
at the start of the 2000s you got this woman who was only seen as like you know this blonde airhead becoming a lawyer yeah, yeah, yeah and now this movie is like you know the stereotype of Barbie becoming who more who she wants to be and I, I just love how that plays out to be honest again i i gave this film an eight myself and i think that's uh i guess we're gonna wrap it up there people so yeah um i'd like to thank uh ramani and james for joining me today it's uh yeah, it's been, been absolutely really, brilliant obviously really i look forward to um having you back again Romani whichever whatever we discuss in the future you know it's definitely good to have you back and thank you um, for having me oh no yeah it's a it's a pleasure having you so yeah obviously and also thank you to Chaz in the pre-recorded segment and as uh, so we get that going there but yeah I think we're gonna leave it there people so if you got any questions queries compliments uh what did you think of the Barbie movie what did you think of Oppenheimer do you think we're gonna get like maybe some films in the future that could have this sort of like you know, creating this sort of like collaboration to a degree where we're not fighting at the cinema to get the biggest box office. We're just fighting to get people to the cinema and enjoy movies and like, you know, enjoy cinema again. And also take away something meaningful from these films. So we're going to leave it there, people. If you've got any questions, queries, compliments, please feel free to email those in it nmipodcast.outlook.com that's nmipodcast.outlook.com find our socials at on twitter and instagram at nmicast or just search on google nmi when you need more info i've been host nays again thanks ramani and james for joining me today and and also chairs online we'll see you next week people bye-bye bye bye, bye.